here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin, Larry O'Connor of Washington, D.C. fame. I do the afternoon drive show here in the nation's capital right before Mark Levin. I'm his warm-up act, and uh, I'm looking forward to spending the next three hours with you on the great Mark Levin show. If you're missing Mark like I am, and I really am, I know he's dying to be back here. But uh, if you need your fix, I'm very excited to tell you there's a brand new Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, Fox News. 10 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be Dr. Patrick Michaels of the Cato Institute with Mark. This is what I love about Life, Liberty, and Levin, these these long-form, really in-depth, really intelligent interviews that only Mark can conduct with really smart people. Uh, Dr. Patrick Michaels is one of those guys, Cato Institute, of course, one of those think tanks here in Washington that focuses on libertarian issues, free market issues, uh, government regulation issues, getting the government out of every aspect of our life and letting our economy soar. You know, basically one of the great things we've seen under this Trump economy in the last uh, year and nine, ten months now. Uh, Looking forward to that. A brand new Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday on Fox News, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Make sure you tune in for that so you can get your Mark Levin fix. I know I will. Uh, There's so much to, to touch on right now. You realize that the election is now, is it 18 days away? 19 days away. I know uh, Drudge has been doing the countdown over there. And um, and this is it's a big one. Anybody who's saying this is the most important election of our lifetimes uh, is uh, just blowing it up your, you know, you know, what's it's uh, they, they, they say that every time. And it, it starts to sound ridiculous. And people on television in Manhattan and inside the Beltway here in D.C., they start to sound histrionic. Uh, and it's all a reason to sort of try to inspire their base, I suppose, to step forward. It's not the most important election of your lifetime. Uh, but but it's important for the next two years because if the Democrats do win the majority in the House, we're looking at obstruction even more so than what you've seen. We're looking at the resistance movement holding the gavel in the speaker's chair and in the chairman chair of every single committee. You're looking at impeachment. You're looking at investigations. For as far as the eye can see, you're looking at investigations of the Trump administration and the Republican Party and conservatives in this country in general. Uh, And if you don't believe me, if you think I'm speaking in hyperbole, Listen for a moment to one of the shining lights of the Democratic Party. Probably this guy is going to be uh, running for president. Uh, He is on the Intelligence Committee. He's Joaquin Castro. He's a congressman. He's a Democrat. He's on the Intel Committee, which means the Democrats take him very seriously. All right. This this used to be a committee that that, you know, transcended party. It was about the most important, sensitive information that this country uh, could ever wade into. Uh, that that, that it, it shows no politics. There's no red. There's no blue. There's just red, white and blue on the Intelligence Committee. Uh, and then the Democrats brought us Adam Schiff as their ranking member. And uh, this guy, Joaquin Castro of Texas, who who claims to be and they say of him that he is presidential material. He was on Hillary Clinton's shortlist for vice president. This guy, uh, he came on CNN earlier this morning. 
and made a fool of himself and committed what is tantamount to, if not defamation of character, at the very least, one of the most irresponsible things I've ever heard a politician say about another government official. And that's saying something. Speaking about the current situation in Saudi Arabia. I know, Poppy, that there's been a lot of discussion about this. There'll be more discussion on CNN and all the other networks today. Let me get to the point that I think is most disturbing right now. The reporting that Jared Kushner may have with U.S. intelligence delivered a hit list, an enemies list, to the crown prince, to MBS in Saudi Arabia, and that the prince then may have acted on that, and one of the people that he took action against uh, was Mr. Kasoji. Just to and be clear, Congressman, we case, don't have, I just want to be clear for our viewers, we do not have that reporting. I'm not sure where you're getting but that there from. There has but been reporting to that effect. Sure. Uh, I've seen reporting to that effect. Sure. Now, uh, here's where you have to understand why this uh, matters more than just, you know, some sort of gaffe or some sort of outrage. The outrage of the day, a Democrat is accusing Jared Kushner of ordering the hit on this guy and working in concert, colluding, if you will, with the Saudi Arabian government and the crown prince. Uh, That's certainly all valid and true. But here's the most important thing you need to understand about this. He's one of their stars. The Democrats win the House two and a half weeks from today, and he's in the leadership. I mean, he's 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 a rising star. They're going to give him power, more power than he has right now. This guy who is peddling a conspiracy theory that is completely debunked, unfounded and atrocious. He goes on CNN international television and accuses Jared Kushner the president's son-in-law and a White House advisor of delivering U.S. intelligence to Saudi Arabia so that this uh, columnist, uh, Khashoggi, could be killed. And and they're going to give him power. Now, uh, this may not be the most important election of your lifetime. But if you care about the direction of our country for the next two years, if you care about anything positive getting done if you care if if you are sick and tired and fed up of the ongoing drama that you see play out in cable and broadcast news on a daily basis with regard to the democrats uh, acting hysterical about this president and about this administration then this is a no-brainer this really is a no-brainer you cannot give joaquin castro any more power than he already has in the House of Representatives. Frankly, he has too much as it is as a junior congressman from Texas. He shouldn't be on that committee with that kind of irresponsible behavior, with that kind of irresponsible language. By the way, he, he came out later. This is this is amazing. He came out later and said, I didn't intend to uh, accuse Jared Kushner of any illegal behavior. I didn't intend to accuse Jared Kushner, could you may have with U.S. intelligence delivered a hit list, an enemies list to the crown prince, to MBS in Saudi Arabia, and that the prince then may have acted on that. And one of the people that he took action against uh, was Mr. Kasoji. He did you hear what he just said? And now he claims after the fact via Twitter is how they do it these days that I didn't I didn't intend to accuse Jared Kushner. 
of calling a hit or doing anything untoward or delivering this information. Well, here's the problem with these Twitter denials, these cowards who won't go on television. He's fine going on international television on CNN and making this charge. The reporting that Jared Kushner may have with U.S. intelligence delivered a hit list, an enemies list, to the crown prince, to MBS in Saudi Arabia. He goes on international television and delivers that. And then when everyone starts screaming, I mean, and I'm talking about liberals, I'm talking about the Daily Beast website, which is which is left leaning, left, complete, total lefty site, says, I can't believe that Joaquin Castro did this. He doesn't then go on television and has an exchange with anyone. No, 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 no. He puts out his uh, apology, non-apology, denial, non-denial walk back on Twitter where he says, I did not intend to say that Jared Kushner, blah, 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 blah. And, of course, there's no reporter, not that there would be, but maybe Poppy Harlow over there at CNN would actually uh, raise their hand and say, okay, Congressman Castro, uh, I understand your statement saying that you didn't intend. Can you tell us what you did intend to say? Because it seems pretty dang clear what you said. And, and, And here's the best part of his denial. That never got any follow-up and never got any challenge and has just accepted, oh, well, he's not, uh, he says he didn't intend to do that, so let's just take him at his word. He didn't intend to do it. He then said, all I said was there is reporting to the effect that Jared Kushner may have done that and Congress needs to investigate. Ah, you see. And now and now that's that's the crux of it, because. See, everything that happens in this town, Washington, D.C., everything that's happening down at the border right now, everything that you're seeing on cable news night after night after night, all of it has to do with the midterm election. The Kavanaugh hearings, that was all about the midterm elections. The, 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 the way the media and the Democrats and some Republicans are reacting to this story of this uh, columnist for The Washington Post who apparently was killed – uh, by officials with the Saudi government, the way they're all react, that has everything to do with the midterm elections. The the caravan, as they're calling it, of thousands of Honduran, Salvadorans and Guatemalans waving their flags and marching across Mexico to illegally cross our border and stay here in this country because they believe they deserve to be here. And we can't do anything about it. That has everything to do with the midterm elections. And uh, in Joaquin Castro's non-denial denial via Twitter, he revealed something that you need to understand, because this is the next two years of our lives if the Democrats win. He said it's being reporting. It's being reported that Jared Kushner did this, and therefore Congress needs to investigate. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford comes forward with an allegation that has no corroboration, any witness that she names refutes her story and certainly can't confirm her story. It's 35 years old and nothing, anything close to the allegation she made against now Justice Kavanaugh had ever been made up until this point. But what did the Democrats say? Well, the allegation is out there. And it's very serious, so it needs to be investigated. In fact, we need an FBI investigation, and it needs to take weeks and weeks. 
And now Joaquin Castro, yeah, listen, it's being reported, so it needs to be investigated. And that's the next two years of your life. Well, the New York Times is reporting this, so it needs to be investigated. The Huffington Post has now reported this. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's very serious. It needs to be investigated. I think Republicans, if they're smart, and let's be clear, the jury is out on that, they need to start telling voters in key states and key districts exactly what the next two years are going to be like. There should be a picture of Representative Maxine Waters holding a gavel as chairwoman of the Financial Services Committee, making banking laws and regulations and financial regulations for our nation, for our economy. Maxine Waters, chairwoman of the Financial Services Committee, you want that for the next two years? Because that's what you get. They need to show Joaquin Castro. Heck, he could be the next chairperson, chairman of the Intelligence Committee. You want that? Is that what you want for the next two years? President Trump had a great line in his rally last night. Here it is. The choice could not be more clear. Democrats produce mobs. Republicans produce jobs. Yeah. That's right. And it's a great way to put it. And uh, and it rhymes and they do like their rhymes. Uh, and, and I think that that has resonance. But I think it goes beyond that. Listen, it's true that we produce jobs. It's true that we've seen the mobs from the Democrats. But let's take it a little further. I mean, I, I'd like to defer to you on this. 877-381-3811. I like the Democrats produce mobs. Republicans produce jobs. But let's look at this thing in an entire holistic way, shall we? Let's look at exactly what the next two years are going to be like with investigations, with impeachment, with the impeachment of Kavanaugh that they're promising, with the obstruction, with the resistance, with the impossible task of this president, this administration getting anything done at all with Nancy Pelosi as the Speaker of the House. If you were advising Republicans right now, If you were advising your local congressman right now to come up with some kind of message to flip those votes, the people who still aren't sure how they're going to go, to warn them off of what our next two years will be with a Democrat majority in the House, how would you make that argument? If you were sitting across from your brother-in-law who isn't sure how to vote, if you're sitting in the cubicle next to your coworker and they're not sure how to vote, if you're exchanging ideas on your Facebook right now, and you're trying to persuade them, what argument are you making right now? Is it Dems produce mobs? Republicans produce jobs? Is that is that the good approach? What are you doing right now? 877-381-3811. Let's hear from you on this. I'm Larry O'Connor, and you're listening to The Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. What do you what do you do here if you're a Republican, if you're trying to give them advice on how to win these elections? I, I think it's time to start, you know, scaring them. I think it's time to start start scaring the voters and let them know that Maxine Waters will be the chairwoman of the Financial Services Committee. Uh, what do you say? Let's start to with uh, Rick. 
WMAL. That's my home station in D.C. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly that I believe there should be some serious advertising out there. This is an offensive campaign that uh, I, I would have billboards up explaining what the Democrats have to offer, showing what the what President Trump has done over the last two years. Uh, definitely what you mentioned about the people who would be in power with a gavel. That is quite scary. Actually, uh, Laura Ingram on one of her shows a couple of days ago did something similar and said that these people would be in charge and in charge if they won the House. And that is that alone should scare everybody into voting for sure. Uh, thank you, Rick. I, yeah, I, I hate to put it that way, and I appreciate you calling uh, the Mark Levin Show, but I think it's time to scare them. I think it's actually that Mike and Frederick, also listening on WMAL, uh, you are next up on the Mark Levin Show. It, should, we re- should we be reduced to scaring voters from voting for Democrats? Oh, absolutely not. And, you know, it's, I, my comment has, has a lot to do with this uh, whole thing that Castro is doing against Jared Kushner. It's the same thing that the FBI did with the FISA docs with Carter Page. There's a good analogy about it. It goes something like a father goes to his son and says, son, I want you to marry this woman. And the son says, no. And then the the dad says, well, it's Bill Gates' daughter. And then the dad calls up Bill Gates and says, I want your daughter to marry my son. And Bill Gates says, no. And the dad says, well, he's the CEO of World Bank. Mike, we can't get to the punchline. Sorry. Keep it here on the Mark With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest-growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. The choice could not be more clear. Democrats produce mobs. Republicans produce jobs. There's pretty good messaging right there from President Trump at his rally last night. What was he in Montana? I think it was. And uh, yeah, that that's a winning message right there. Uh, and it's a twofer, right? It uh, it tells you who the Democrats are. And it also uh, tells you something about what the Republicans have been able to achieve. How about you? Is it time to start scaring people? Is it start time to showing them uh, pictures of of uh, Maxine Waters holding a gavel as the new chairwoman of financial services? That's what we're going to get. How about this this Joker, Joaquin Castro, who floats a conspiracy theory 
about uh, uh, about Jared Kushner aiding in the alleged murder of this columnist from the Washington Post, Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, hey, he's a rising star. He could run for president. Really? Is that what we want for the next two years? Do you realize how bad things could get? What would you be doing if you were advising Republicans right now in the final days of this campaign? 877-381-3811. Larry O'Connor here sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. By the way, we have a, a breaking story here out of the Associated Press. Uh, the Saudi state-run news agency is now reporting that uh, prosecutors are saying that Jamal Khashoggi was killed in the Saudi consulate in a fight. There was a fight in the Saudi consulate in Turkey where this uh, allegedly took place. Jamal Khashoggi was killed. This is according to the Saudi state-run news agency, so take it for what it is worth. Um, That's a heck of a fight. That's if if it's if if the reporting up until now has been accurate, it was what eighteen to one, and uh, and where's his body? By the way, what kind of? Well, we will we will see how that story develops. Um, but it's all everything that is in the news right now has to do with the midterm elections. We're going to talk about this uh, crisis at our border coming up in a bit. I actually interviewed a. A Democrat senator from Maryland, Ben Cardin, about this issue, and I'm going to play some of that interview for you, because you have to hear how Democrats are talking about this thing. They will not answer questions. It's a very simple question. Okay, you want to be a senator? You want to be a congressman? You are currently, and you're running for re-election? Here's my question. What do you do with these thousands and thousands of people from foreign nations storming our border demanding entry? Well, we need to do better economic development in those countries so that they have better conditions and they don't. No, okay, too late for that. What do you do today? What do you do right now on our border? Well, we need increased border security is what we need. Oh, you mean a wall? No, 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 no. We don't want a wall, but we need increased border security so that we can deal with it. Okay, so you want to spend billions of dollars on more border control. What are they going to do? Because your policies up until now is, if somebody crosses our border and says, I want asylum, then you hand them a slip of paper that says, okay, we'll see you in a couple of months for your hearing. Have at it. Do we still do that? Or do you turn them around and send them home? Do you not let them in? Do you arrest them for breaking our, our laws? Do you detain them at the border? And if you do... Do you keep them as a family unit while they're detained? What do, they don't want to all they want to do is criticize. All they want to do is throw slogans around. But no one's willing to step up and say the very real truth of what we need to do. Build a wall, protect our border, enforce our laws as they are written. And stop with this idea that there is a right to migrate to our country. Because there isn't. Let's go to uh, Keith in Titusville, Pennsylvania. Keith, you're next up on the Mark Levin Show. Hi. I was wondering uh, what you thought about Trump announcing to his department heads he'd like them to cut 5% across the board. I wonder how much money that will save the U.S. taxpayer and why no one's talking about it. So you think Republicans should be uh, uh, touting that? They should say, look, you keep us in power. We're going to help the president reduce the budget across the board. Oh, absolutely. And not only that is we should be eliminating multiple federal departments. 
There's a lot of state departments that are doing the same thing that these federal departments are doing. Every state has a Department of Education, Department of Agriculture, and the, the waste at the federal level is incredible. And no one's talking about downsizing the federal government and reducing the cost to operate the federal government. And he announced that the other day, and it's getting no play, and I'd just like to know why. Thanks, Keith. Well, it's not getting a lot of play because of all the, in terms of the news coverage, it's because the news focuses on what they choose to focus about. All of the great news in the economy uh, with regard to jobs, with regard to Wall Street, with regard to profits, with regard to manufacturing, they're not paying any attention to that either. Uh, Keith, thank you for the call. And and the other beauty uh, of, of what the president has done here is that he is bypassing Congress. Listen, Congress can set the law, they can set their budget, they can appropriate funding, but the executive branch actually does uh, do the spending, right? They do the hiring, they do the actual operation of these federal agencies. Just because Congress appropriates the money, it's not incumbent on the executive branch to actually spend that money. Uh, Now, the problem is Congress can't go back to their uh, voters and say, hey, we've reduced the federal budget. We've reduced the federal deficit. We've reduced the size of the government because they haven't. They haven't uh, because they're terrified of a government shutdown. They're terrified that the handful of Democrats in the Senate that will halt the process and not let a budget or any appropriations go through unless they have their way. And they've decided in the leadership of the House and the Senate that it's better to keep things going. And it's been the president who has said, all right, fine, fine. You say I'm going to spend that much? Guess what? I'm not going to. And I want all of my departments to figure out how to cut. Uh, However, we also need to see the president come through with those cuts. We need to see his departments actually deliver. Uh, That's yet to happen. Uh, How about Josh over in Mena, Wisconsin? Josh, you're next up on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry O'Connor. Hi, Larry. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm concerned, though, because if the Democrats do get the majority in the House, this is going to be a rough two years. Listen, I have an idea. Um, I was talking to your screen caller, and I said that a good idea that they should do is they could show Detroit when it's ran by businessmen like Donald Trump, say, and Henry Ford, and the strength that Detroit once had. And then once Democrat liberals take over, and how it just falls into corruption and squalor and just show them side by side. And then even better for my own state, I think they don't tout it enough. If you let politicians take over, you get Detroit. If you let Republicans take over and have ideas, you get Foxconn and these beautiful jobs that we're getting in Wisconsin. I I wish they had told that more and more and more, and they don't. Yeah, and, and you know, Josh, I'm glad you brought this up uh, because I I love Wisconsin, and I think that uh, your governor Scott Walker has done some great jobs, and it is an incredible turnaround what he's been able to achieve in that state. And of course, they all said that people would be fired and people would be starving in the streets, and no one would get an education, and it's been phenomenal. Yeah, and we saw mobs in Wisconsin. I mean, I remember in Madison there was oh, mobs yes. in Madison that took on our capital, and we fought right through it. And look at what we've been able to accomplish. That That's right. This, this second half of the term of donald trump if it if we fight the good fight and vote on november 6th it'll happen thank you josh thank you for the call i appreciate it thanks for calling into the mark levin show yeah i vividly remember those mobs taking over the capital occupying the capital of madison uh, during the early years of the scott walker uh governorship uh, I, that was back when i was working with andrew breitbart and andrew andrew got on a plane the next day he sent us all a text message i'm going to madison in the winter. He's a Southern California guy. So I was like, Andrew, why are you going to Madison? 
look at what's going on there. Look at the mobs. Look at the riots. Look at the the look at Scott Walker needs us. Republicans need us. Conservatives who are trying to bring sane, rational governance to the state of Wisconsin need us. And he sure did go there. Uh, by the way, right next door to you there, uh, Josh, over in Michigan. This is a remarkable thing. You know, everywhere you go right now on cable news, broadcast news, all over the Internet, who do you hear about running for Senate? This young, upstart, appealing, good-looking guy who's, who's uh, defying the odds and has a real chance to win. All you're hearing about is this guy, Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke doesn't have a chance to win in Texas. Beto, Beto O'Rourke is not going to win the Senate seat in Texas. And it's all made for television. We've seen this game before. Every two years, every election, they tell us about the new rising star in Texas who's finally going to take paint Texas blue. You know, when Hillary Clinton was uh, deciding not to do any sort of polling or appearances in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, well, not Pennsylvania, she did appearance in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin or Michigan, uh, she was actually at that time contemplating spending more money in Texas because she was so sure she was going to win Texas and Georgia and Arizona. And she oh, she wanted to, to this was going to be a transformative election with Hillary Clinton and the remaking of the map. We hear this all the time, but, but it's not true. And meanwhile, in Michigan, there's this guy, John James. The last poll there showed him in single digits now, this guy, uh, running against Debbie Stabenow, I mean, he he's a former military, uh, did combat in Iraq. Uh, this guy is African-American. This guy is conservative. This guy is right on all the issues. Yeah, here, I want to play a little bit of, of him because because this tells you exactly how the media is so corrupt. Because all they care about with Beto O'Rourke, it has to do with two things. It has to do with forcing this fake narrative that the Democrats are really, I mean, Texas is moving blue. Texas is going to be a Democrat state. Texas is not the same Texas because of democratic uh, demographic changes, because uh, because of all of the radical conservative policies that have hurt that state, which they haven't. I mean, people are flocking to Texas. People are flocking to Texas because of the economy there. It's one of the only states that persevered through the eight dismal years of Barack Obama because they had Republicans in charge of that state. There's no way the people of Texas would reverse that trend. But also because they hate Ted Cruz. The media hates Ted Cruz because he's so good, so smart, and so conservative. So they're, they're, they're puffing this Beto O'Rourke guy up. And meanwhile, listen, I got a little bit of uh, John James, this uh, really impressive guy in Michigan. You wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. 
Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code Levin. Real leadership is what's needed in Washington in order to ensure the blessings of our liberty to ourselves and our posterity. American exceptionalism is not an entitlement. American exceptionalism is earned. There was a time in America when we stood up what was right without any sort of political motivation or reservation. We waged wars on evil, not on each other. We put service before self. We dared greatly. We spent wisely. We loved deeply. And a man's word was his bond. This is what our president means when he talks about making America great. Are you kidding me? About dreaming I mean, do you hear this guy? About doing the hard I, African-American, young, handsome, uh, articulate. Has as uh, perfect on the issues, perfect on his love for this country, full support of the president. I mean, I come on. If he if he were running against Ted Cruz, you think we'd hear more about John James? If he were a Democrat, do you think we'd be hearing a little bit more? Why why is everyone obsessed with Beto O'Rourke when he's basically running just as far behind Ted Cruz in the latest polls than John James is running behind Debbie Stabenow? And you know the answer to the question. You know very well the answer to the question. How about Jim down in uh, Hernando, Florida? I'm Larry O'Connor. You're listening to the Mark Levin Show. What is it, Jim? Hi, Larry. I just want to tell you what the Democrat or the Republicans should be talking about. Yeah, is what the Democrats are not talking about. How about gun control, the economy, jobs, unemployment? People's 401ks, you know, the media is driving the narrative, and they're doing that in the pocket of the Democrats. Yeah, Jim, you're right. All, if Republicans need to know what they should be talking about in the next uh, two and a half weeks, you're absolutely right. All the things that the Democrats are avoiding, and that includes the fight over Judge Kavanaugh, now Justice Kavanaugh. Notice how no one talks about that anymore. It's completely disappeared. Why do you think that is, Jim? Oh, geez, I, I wonder, that because the... <laughs> The media is driving it. They're they're saying, okay, well, that's not important anymore because yeah. that that might make the the conservatives rush to the polls and you know disregard their what they're what they're trying to do. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate the call. Thanks for calling the Mark Levin Show. I got a little bit more. In fact, I want to play a little bit more of this guy, John James. He has not gotten enough national exposure. Uh, I know that all the great listeners uh, in WJR out of Detroit, Michigan, my hometown, my birthplace, where I'm originally from, uh, I know you know about this guy, but it's time we gave him the national exposure that he's not getting from broadcasting cable news. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a little bit more of this great, great candidate, John James for Senate in Michigan, and I'm going to juxtapose it with Corey Booker. Cory Booker, another rising star of the Democratic Party. Spartacus. Oh, he's our great hope for 2020. He's running against Donald Trump, and he's young, and he's handsome, and he's articulate, and he's African-American. He's everything that John James really is, is what they claim Cory Booker is. And I want to play you these two side by side. The John James message that is lost right now and the Cory Booker message that they just can't get enough of. And you, you, will, you won't believe the difference between these two. The only thing they have in common is they're both youngish African-American men. Uh, that's coming up in a moment and more of your calls. I'm Larry O'Connor. It's the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin.
4,000 people in North Oakland County, and that's just emblematic of the, of the momentum that we have going into this race. It's not about me. It's about we. It's, it's not about the candidacy. It's about the people. And I'm looking forward to representing all the people well in Washington, just like I fought for Americans when I was in Iraq. Boom. That's John James, candidate for Senate in Michigan. You don't hear about him much, do you? Oh, but Beto. Oh, Beto's so dreamy. Beto's the new hope for the Democratic Party. Beto's going to turn Texas blue. No, he's not. They just hate Ted Cruz so much because he is an intelligent, principled conservative who is devastating to the Democrats in the United States Senate. And so they're doing everything they can to destroy him. Have you noticed how the narrative is now, well, Beto's really going to run for president. They're they're pretty much throwing in the towel already. Uh, But John James, as again, John James, African-American, Iraq War combat veteran, running for Senate for the Republicans. And by the way, supportive of this president. This is what our president means when he talks about making America great again. He's talking about dreaming big again. He's talking about doing the hard things again. He's talking about a time when America strived for greatness. We didn't accept mediocrity from ourselves or from our leaders. We learned from history. We didn't try to erase it. Uh, Michigan, WJR, what what are you doing with this guy? And uh, to coin a phrase, uh, why isn't he 50 points ahead, I might ask? Uh, I, I have hope that John James could uh, continue to get some media here and turn things around. He's all, he's single digits behind right now, uh, Debbie Stabenow, who is uh, just a, such a mediocre senator. Meanwhile, here's Cory Booker. Every country we are competing with is driving down the cost of college. Germany, the cost between 0 and 4% of median income to go to college. Canada, I can't stand how they're out-Americaning us in Canada. Canada is out-Americaning, as he put it, America. But, but he, they love him. I'm Larry O'Connor, Mark Levin Show. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Yeah, he's not here. He's not here. But but I'm here. I'm Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Uh, if you need your Mark Levin fix, I don't blame you. I do, too. This Sunday, Fox News, 10 p.m., brand new Life, Liberty, and Levin. Dr. Patrick Michaels of the Cato Institute is Mark's guest. That's going to be uh, – th- th- those, are, those are two people who have forgotten more about American government and policy and uh, conservative free market values than I will ever know. Uh, I can't wait to see this week's Life, Liberty, and Levin. And by the way, I want to remind you, uh, Mark's dad's book, Our Police by Jack Levin, it's out October 30th. Uh, I've, I've seen some of the illustrations from this book. It looks so great. It's perfect for children and grandchildren. You can pre-order your copy at Amazon right now. 30% off. That's Our Police by Jack Levin. I, I, listen, there are two major stories, I think, that are in the news right now. Uh, the one is the ongoing story of the midterm elections. Uh, everything else that you're seeing in the news really is about that. It all is going to be reflected in the results of the election. Uh, so I, I want to keep focusing on that. We're also going to focus quite a bit on this caravan of of invaders aimed at our southern border. 
the Salvadorans, Guatemalans, Hondurans, all waving their flags, demanding to march across Mexico and enter our country. And our elected officials seem completely feckless and unable to do anything about it. Uh, if there's one thing that they're supposed to do, it's protect our nation, protect our sovereignty, protect our borders, and they have no interest in doing so. Uh, and that is very much about this midterm election. It should certainly be forefront in your mind. Uh, and we're going to talk about that coming up in a bit. But right now, I want to talk to women, specifically women. Uh, because, uh, see, when I saw the Brett Kavanaugh story turn the way that it did, when I talked to women, and they told me that they were so angry at what was done to now Justice Kavanaugh. When they told me that when they saw Justice Kavanaugh, when they saw, then Judge Kavanaugh, uh, talking and having to defend himself, they saw their husband, they saw their father, they saw their son, who had lived the life that they would want them to live, achieve something at the highest level, something that he had dedicated his entire professional life to, and then they saw Democrats defaming him. They saw Democrats uh, skirting due process, trying to destroy this man for their own selfish political purposes and then wrapping their attacks in this this protective blanket of of women's rights, of of trying to protect uh, victims of sexual assault, uh, weaponizing the Me Too movement, you know, the Me Too, this whole Me Too thing. And I'm not a huge fan of the hashtags and the slogans and the movements and that stuff. I don't think you are, too. We like to be free thinkers, we conservatives. We don't like to follow the herd. We don't like to follow a, a, a trend. We don't like to be a, a part of a movement unless that movement is about individual liberty and freedom, which ultimately is anti-movement, right? Uh, that's the dichotomy of being a conservative and someone who wants freedom, is that uh, you, you, you join a movement to push for independence— and the whole idea of independence is that you don't have to be part of a movement. So I'm, I, but, but that said, I have great respect for women who do step forward and accuse horrible people of doing horrible things. And the Me Too movement, inspired by the Harvey Weinstein situation, was so completely and totally different than what we saw with Kavanaugh. Uh, these were women who were not acting politically who were not attacking a person for his politics, probably agreed with him on his politics. In fact, his politics is what probably protected Harvey Weinstein in many ways because he gave to all the right causes and and donated to all the right uh, feminist politicians so he could he could wear the mantle of feminist. Harvey wouldn't do that. He loves women. After all, he donates to Planned Parenthood, which is... The most despicable statement one could ever make. If you really love and care about women, the last thing you would do is give money to Planned Parenthood. But that's how the left thinks. That's how Hollywood thinks. And the Me Too movement, as it, it came forward under Harvey Weinstein and some of the other allegations of Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose, and they're all Democrats, have you noticed? They're all liberals. They're all, they're all in the media, for that matter. But what they had in common that we didn't see in the Kavanaugh uh, proceedings was that there was immediately a floodgates opened of other valid, corroborated, completely credible allegations. What we saw with Kavanaugh were a couple of other allegations, you know, led by the likes of Michael Avenatti, that were completely uncredible, that lacked any corroboration, that lacked any consistency. But what you saw with the Kavanaugh thing was the politicization of the Me Too movement.
you saw Me Too used as a political weapon to destroy somebody because ultimately they didn't like their politics. It was just the last quiver in their bow. Wait, the last arrow in their quiver. You know what I mean. It was the last weapon at their disposal. They tried everything else, God knows, during those confirmation hearings. And this one they secretly, surreptitiously held back and then threw it out there as their final attack. That's all it was. And it was despicable. And it was dishonorable. And it went against everything that we in America stand for. Innocent until proven guilty. Due process. And when I talked to women, they were outraged at the Democrats about that. And then something happened. First of all, Democrats aren't talking about it anymore, which tells me, you know, they get it. And they think that this is a loser for them if they spend too much time, money focusing on it. But then I, had, I mentioned that I'm from Michigan. My brother, one of my brothers still live, well, two of my brothers still live in Michigan. One of them lives in the Detroit area listening on WJR, my brother Doc. And I, I just spent a weekend with him. And, and he told me. And I've heard this from some other people in other areas where there are close races right now. Uh, Northern Virginia, right here in the greater Washington area, the 10th District in Virginia. My brother Doc lives uh, right over in Thaddeus McCotter's old district there, good Republican Thaddeus McCotter, uh, right there in the Livonia, Wayne County, Oakland County area. These are all, you know, purple districts. These are districts that can go either way. And I'm hearing that the suburban women... They're mad. And they're not mad at the Democrats. That this Me Too thing is resonating with them. That it's actually motivating their vote. That there is a real danger for Republicans right now. That they could lose the House because of this. But Democrats can't overplay their hand, so it's just sort of under the radar. Now, the beauty of filling in for Mark Levin here on the Mark Levin Show, Coast to Coast, is that... There are a whole lot of suburban women listening right now. And I want to hear from you. If you are a suburban woman, where do you stand right now on this thing? And more importantly, what are your friends saying? Because I'm thinking if you're listening to this program, you might have already made up your mind and you might be voting Republican. But that doesn't mean that all your friends and family are Republicans. You know, when, when you hang out with your girlfriends, when you're standing on the sidelines of a soccer game and you're having conversations with the other moms... Are you sensing right now that the Democrats really are going to ride a blue wave? Is it because of anger over this issue? Is there going to be a backlash? I'd love to hear your take, 877-381-3811. Maybe I'm in a bubble. Maybe I'm a man and they're not allowed to share their secrets with me. But the women, the vast majority of women that I interact with, are spitting mad at the Democrats for doing what they did. And, and in fact, they're more energized now than ever before to vote in these midterms. Straight party line Republicans, they're not even looking at the candidates. They just want to make sure that the Republicans maintain the majority. That's my experience. But, you know, I'm asserting my patriarchy here, and I'm saying that I only want to hear from women. At 877-381-3811, I want to know what you're hearing. Uh, how about Nancy, Fort Worth, Texas? Nancy, you're on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry O'Connor. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm concerned, though. 
what are you concerned about? I'm concerned that this that there may be this this surge for the Democrats that I'm not sensing, that I'm not seeing, and that that's what's going to give the Democrats the majority. No, I I hope that's not not true. And I wondered if you'd heard about the walkaway campaign. Oh sure. I, yeah, I'm planning to be there, and you know I live in in Fort Worth, and um, about five of us are going to go there and take part and i'm just i think it's going to be epic i think we're going to fill uh, dc with a bunch of people that are walking away from the hysteria the just craziness of what's going on yeah and for those that don't know the walk away movement is uh traditionally uh people who are traditionally democrat people who fit the traditional demographic of democrats be there african americans latinos minorities women who have, have uh, seen through it all now and they're just it's okay to walk away from the party Right, Nancy? That's right. And it it started with a couple of people that were with Brandon Straka that was walking away from the Democrat Party. But now what it is, is just people who want to walk away from the hypocrisy, the violence, the just what we've seen in the streets and what we saw during the Kavanaugh hearings. And that was just to me. I know you, you said you wanted to hear from people what they thought about that or specifically from women. Yes. And what I saw was it. Not all women. It wasn't about all women. It was about one woman accusing one man and the total disregard for due process, for law, for evidence. It was just outrageous. Yeah, thank thank you. You put it very well, Nancy. That 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 the the Me Too you know movement or or Me Too storyline it was co opted by the Democrats and and used. It was politicized against this one man. It wasn't about a movement. It wasn't about women. It was about him. Yeah, but it it was just so frustrating to just watch that you know everything that came up that was not true. Yeah. was not even pointed out in any of the, of course, in any of the media or anything. It was just all about, just all about what was wrong with him. And, okay, so he was a little bit angry at that last hearing. Okay, well, he was defending the craziness that wasn't getting brought yeah. up. In oh, please. I, if he, Nancy, thank you for the call to the Mark Levin Show. If he weren't angry, I, I would have been concerned about him. I think there's a problem if you're not angry after seeing yourself called a gang rapist. Uh, without being able to respond. How about Kelly in Waterford, Michigan? I just mentioned the suburbs of Michigan, uh, Kelly, and that there's this tide going against Republicans. Are you sensing that? Um, No, I think that the Republicans will be a red tsunami coming up. And I think the... um the behavior of the Democrats during the Kavanaugh hearings was so appalling that even Democrats were appalled. And they knew then they were also vulnerable to false accusations because anybody, any Democrat's husband or father, uncle, brother, what have you, could also be accused falsely of anything. So I think it was a complete, completely uh, appalling and the whole world seeing how appalling it was. But I also yeah. want to say that if I like to go on a blue thread, an MSLSG thread, and you encourage <laughs> and you empower and you welcome Democrats to a better life and you let them know the anxiety and anger that they have, they don't have to have that anymore. All they got to do is switch over because Republicans stick together and we want what's best for everybody's well-being, especially their children. And it'll set you free, Kelly. Well said. It will. 
Okay, Kelly, thanks for the call out there in Michigan. Uh, I want to hear from you. I'm asserting my patriarchy here on the Mark Levin Show. 877-381-3811. I, I, the, the fear of God's been put in me that women are this, are this silent voice that's about to be awoken and that they are the ones who are going to ride this. As Kelly just said, she thinks it's going to be a red tsunami. Let me tell you something. Based on historical trends... And based on the the vast, vast amount of negative coverage, Republicans and this president have gotten 92 to 8 percent has been negative about this president in the media. Uh, based on, on what usually happens in a midterm after a presidential election, if Republicans hold on to the majority by one darn seat, that is a red tsunami. All right, ladies, step up. What's going on? Suburban women... Are you on board and are you motivated to vote or are you hearing from your friends that, yeah, oh, geez, this is not going to be a good night? 877-381-3811. I'm Larry O'Connor. It's the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. The choice could not be more clear. Democrats... Produce mobs. Republicans produce jobs. President Trump last night in his rally, it's a great message. I got to tell you, I thought that uh, Republicans were going to hold. I I really did. I still do. I still do. I think Republicans are going to. I don't like making predictions. Uh, Larry O'Connor here sitting in for Mark Levin. Uh, I I think Republicans are going to hold. I feel like they are. Uh, hold the majority in the House, and they're going to gain seats in the Senate. And that would absolutely be a huge red wave, because uh, by all historic precedent and based on the media coverage right now, Democrats should win the majority. If they don't win the majority, that is a huge story. That that would be that would be a uh, a dog, a man bites dog kind of story. It's uh, unprecedented. But then uh, this past weekend, I spent time with my brother from Michigan, who lives in Michigan, and he said, oh, there's something going on out there. It really is. I'm worried. I'm looking at some of these races in suburban Michigan, something that should be Republican seats. And women are angry. Women are really angry. And it, the, the Kavanaugh thing's not playing the same. I, is it? Are you hearing that? Ladies, I, I, I want to hear from you. Are you sensing that as well? Are your friends telling you that? Or is it quite the opposite? Is it what I think that I'm seeing right now, that women are especially women and Republican women, are actually more motivated than they were before this Kavanaugh disaster for the Democrats. Uh, Jan in Dallas, listening on WBAP. I'm Larry O'Connor on The Mark Levin Show. Hi, Larry. Thanks hey. for manning the post today. It's my honor. <laughs> well, I am, um, I'm not calling from one of the purple states. I'm calling from Dallas. I live in a suburb. But I'm a baby boomer and a professional college-educated woman. And I think this whole Me Too movement has uh, set us back. I'm a child of the early 60s and and lived through Vietnam and and the women's live movement. And honestly, I think it has set women back decades. Um, I don't think you vilify men for something that some one person did to you. And I, I don't think that you, you get, I think you made a great point about the difference between the Me Too movement and the pol- politics of the Kavanaugh issue. And yeah. it was definitely used as a weapon. It was weaponized. I cannot believe that, that there are people out there that fell for it. 
you know. Yeah, thank you, Jan. You, you made a great point. And coming from your perspective as a feminist from or, or you know, growing up in the feminist movement as a baby boomer, uh, this whole thing is the opposite of empowering women. It's painting all women as victims. I'm Larry O'Connor, The Mark Levin Show. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Levin was a kid. His teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. And uh, there is a brand new Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. So if you're uh, going through the withdrawals of Levin, I don't blame you. Just check out Fox News, 10 p.m. Eastern. He's going to have a long, nice sit-down with the Cato Institute's uh, Dr. Patrick Michaels. Cato Institute is a think tank here in Washington. Uh, I do I do the afternoon show right before Mark Levin here in Washington, D.C. on WMAL, the, the, the uh, Levin station for your nation's capital. So I know uh, these think tanks, right? Cato is a think tank that focuses on free market principles and ideas and uh, libertarian uh, concepts and principles. Uh, and uh, they're all brilliant. They're all really smart people over at Cato. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this uh, very special edition of Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. Make sure you tune in because I miss Mark. I miss Mark just as much as you do. Uh, great to be here. I'm, I'm lifting my uh, outrageous uh, gender discrimination it won't be ladies only from this point forward, but I do appreciate it. So I just did an event with Mark Levin here in the greater Washington area. We uh, had a theater full of 500 people uh, here for the station, uh, and it was great. Mark did this great thing at the end of it. You know, we did like an hour and a half presentation on stage. And before we were done, he said, you know, I want to say one more thing. Could all the ladies stand up? Could the women in the room stand up? And it was more than half of the room. And it was so great that he did that, and, and, and I loved having, there's still a bunch of women on the line wanting to get in, because there's this, there's this fake, phony, despicable myth that's perpetuated about talk radio, about what we do here, when we, when we discuss big, important ideas and conservative principles and values, and we have this free flow of information and exchange of perspectives they will lie to you and say it's just angry white men, angry white men, angry white men. It's always angry white men. I'm not angry. Are you angry? I mean, I mean, there's some things in this country that if you're not angry, there's something wrong with you. But I don't approach this from an angry perspective. I know that you don't. 
and and you don't know what color I am. I don't know what color you are. Why is it always angry white men? They think. Um, and and so when you when you specifically say I'd love to hear from women, boy, I, I can tell I've been doing uh, talk radio for years now at the in big markets and across the country. And when you say women, I'd like to hear from you. Boom, those phone lines just f- explode because oh, let me tell you something. There's no way you can grow and expand the kind of of uh, communication product that has been growing and expanding for talk radio over these last decades by just being, uh, just targeting angry white men. It's a myth. It's a lie that they love to say about what we do here because they're tra- they don't want a new generation of listeners. The last thing they want is for uh, men and women in their 20s, that's when people start listening to talk radio. When they're done with the idiots who play music and, and uh, blow the, the uh, bicycle horn and ring the cowbell and make jokes about uh, body parts. And they, they start to you know get real jobs and have to wear long pants and have bills and are making money. And they see how much is getting taken out of their paycheck. And they're trying to settle down and actually be a grown-up. That's when they start exploring other parts of the radio dial. And that's when they hear talk radio because they want to know what's going on out there. And it usually happens in your late 20s or early 30s. That's certainly when it started with me in a serious way. And it terrifies the, the mainstream media. It terrifies the gatekeepers in the media who used to be in charge of all of these outlets, radio, television, newspapers. They're still in charge of newspapers, but they're not in charge of the Internet. When was the last time you actually bought a newspaper? I mean, unless you ride the subway in New York. When was the last time, right? And so they're terrified. And so they want they they put the lie out there. They put the lies out there that this is hate radio, that it's nothing but a bunch of angry old white men shouting. And so when we have the opportunity to say, hey, ladies, love to hear from you, it explodes. Uh, the, the, the best gift you can give to a young person in your life who's uh, just getting out of college, maybe, or starting to establish themselves in the world would be a subscription uh, to all the podcasts of your favorite talk radio hosts, uh, because that's where things happen. That's where things change. So, ladies, thank you. But I am lifting the uh, the gender ban here. I want to talk about this. They're calling it a caravan. What What is that? A caravan. A caravan sounds like it's some sort of uh, fun little vacation where all you and you and your mates all, you know, you, you, you all take your separate cars and you follow each other down the expressway to get to the campsite. Oh, come on. We're going to caravan to the beach. Let's all caravan up to the mountains. And we'll go fishing. It's going to be a caravan. It's terrific. Have you seen these pictures? Have you seen the video? Uh, the, they all have, by the way, everyone in this uh, this migration, this this it, it, invasion, this reprehensible international crisis that, make no mistake, is absolutely organized. These things don't spontaneously happen. It's impossible. And if you if you go to your favorite search engine and type in Honduran caravan organizers they'll give you the list of several names a couple of them just got arrested in guatemala the guatemalan government arrested them and sent them back to honduras but there's still people organizing this of course and if you notice that that all the people in that they all have brand new backpacks isn't that weird isn't that odd 
They all have brand new backpacks full of all their personal belongings, and they're all waving the flag of their nation, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, and they're demanding entry into Mexico, and they are saying to whatever reporter will talk to them, we are going to the United States of America, and you can't stop us. And if you listen to most of our elected officials, guess what? They're right. We can't stop them. What are we going to do? You know, the uh, Democrats and, sadly, many Republicans on Capitol Hill don't hesitate to criticize President Trump for his policy of securing our border, enforcing our immigration laws as they are written, prosecuting criminals who break our immigration laws, deporting criminals in this country for violating our immigration laws. It's a very clear-cut policy, by the way, one that, believe it or not, used to be embraced by Democrats, too, and Republicans, until they figured out that they could get votes and or campaign donations, respectively, for being an internationalist, for being all about open borders, for being compassionate. Uh, You know what's compassionate? Compassionate is not enabling people to continue to follow the same broken, destructive patterns that they have year after year after decade after decade. You know what's compassionate? Wanting the Honduran people to be empowered to alter and change the Honduran government or the Mexican government. You're terrified for your life in Honduras? I get it. Guess what? We were terrified for our lives hundreds of years ago here in America. We made a change. Remember when we all loved the Arab Spring, where we had people rise up against their governments across the Middle East because they were fed up and they were done? Is it time maybe for a Central American Spring? Why is the default obligation for America and for the mainstream media to be, oh, things are awful in these countries? Come on in. We got your back. Why is that suddenly the definition of compassion? Why is that suddenly the definition of being a real American? Oh, if you don't open up your borders and allow anyone into this country, you're anti-American. You're not really upholding American ideals or values. Are you kidding me? Since when? And how many, by the way? This is a caravan of 4,000. If we let them in, do you think that'll stop? It hasn't. For the last five years, it hasn't. They keep coming. Why? Because we let them in. And so earlier today, I actually got to speak with a Democrat, Senator Ben Cardin. Uh, He is a senator in Maryland here in the greater Washington area. He's running for reelection. And I asked him that. I said, you know, what what should we do to stop these people from coming into the country? Listen, because this is very this is very indicative of, of how they think and how they talk. What should we do to stop that? Should we stop that? Well, that's one of the reasons we've had a program to try to improve the living conditions in Central America. Uh, it's been supported bipartisan by Democrats and Republicans. It's included in President Trump's budget. Uh, we want to improve the, the living conditions for those of our neighbors who live in Central America. Do you hear that? And he goes on on this. And, and think about what he's saying here. And this is this is considered to be the 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 uh, uh, highest level of statesmanship in Washington, D.C., 
We've got thousands and thousands of people who make no bones or secret about the fact that they are uh, demanding entry into our country because they hate the country they're living in. And the politically correct, acceptable, wise old man on Capitol Hill response is, well, how many billions can we give to that government down there to improve conditions? And by the way, we've sent billions and billions and billions and billions already. And somehow it hasn't solved the problem. And and think about what the basis of this argument is to stop people from invading our borders. We must throw billions of dollars to their countries. It's extortion. We're bribing them. We're bribing the governments down there to get control of their own citizenship. And then you get the Mexican government leadership, and for that matter, Honduran, all of these countries in Central America, where their citizenship is leaving in droves to go to another country, and they're angry at us for saying, no, they can't come in. But think about that for a minute. You're an elected official. You've been elected by your population in El Salvador, in, in Guatemala, in Mexico. You've been elected to represent them. You've been elected to run the affairs of the country. And the people who elected you are fleeing your country to go elsewhere. And your response is not, gee, maybe we're doing something wrong. Maybe we need to fix our country. No, your response is, how dare you, America, not allow my citizens to flee my inept, corrupt government to come into your country. These countries spend more time focusing on our policies than fixing their own. And then you got a Democrat like Ben Cardin who enables it, who enables it by throwing more money at it. So I I came back we went back and forth on this earlier today. And if you want, you can get the whole interview over at uh, my radio station, WMAL. But I I came back around and I said, all right, listen, I know you want to throw a bunch of money at this government and you want to do all of these things on the ground to keep them from going. But that's not going to stop these 4000. Okay, they're on the way. And frankly, whatever money you send down there, you've already sent plenty and that hasn't fixed the problem. I don't know how much more money you got to spend. But let's focus on what's happening right now, because you have a lot of criticism for President Trump for saying he's going to send the military down there, for saying he's going to cut funding if these countries don't stop their own citizens from fleeing. Yeah, you have all this criticism of him for actually trying to protect our borders. So what would you do? You're a senator for crying out loud. What's the solution? How do you stop these people from coming into our country when they reach our border? What are we supposed to do? Well, I don't know if I'll agree with you on, on that statement. I, I, I've been embedded with the FBI down in Central America. I, I know how dangerous the numbers are. Uh, by the way, I, real fast, let me just the, 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 uh, he's respo- I had just said that there's a criminal element, that there are dangerous gang members who are coming along with these, and we know that to be true. He's telling me that it's not true. Yeah, fine. You, 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 you reach your own conclusion. I report you decide. Do you think maybe there was a violent criminal element over the last several years that came along and crossed the border with these unaccompanied minors? Oh, no, they were all seven-year-old children. Really? They all had tattoos. But, but, but uh, we quibble. Uh, I have t- interviewed a gang member who actually came to the United States to set up sister gangs, including in Maryland. So uh, I, 
I understand the the danger factor as it relates to these gang activities. I think most of the the, of the families that show up in our border are people who are, see themselves as desperate. They're trying to escape Central America. In some cases, they have a legitimate okay. fear of their lives and they should be able to seek asylum. Right. Okay. So fine. So so let's say they're coming to this country to seek asylum. What do we do? Well, if they have a legitimate claim for asylum, that, that claim should be heard. No one should be admitted to our country without proper vetting. Okay, but, but hold on. I, I'm sorry to stop you, but wanting a better economic situation and being afraid of a criminal element in your home country are not legitimate claims no, for no, asylum. No, no, I agree with you. I'm not, I don't All disagree right. with you. One- and, 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 and I'm going to pause it for a minute because that's terribly important because Democrats and open border Republicans are doing this all the time. They say, well, you know, these people are just seeking asylum in our country. They're looking for a better life, and we need to be compassionate. We need to follow international protocols for asylum. Seeking a better economic life is not a legitimate claim of asylum. Living in a crime-infested country is not a legitimate claim for asylum. Otherwise, my friends in Chicago would be claiming asylum in Toronto right now. So, but, but, that, but that's all they'll say. They'll say, well, you know, the economic, it's a horrible economic and they've got a horrible drug problem. And there's a horrible gang problem. You're right. But that's not a legitimate claim of asylum. So if that's the reason for coming, they need to be turned around. They can't be let in. That's not asylum. I think a better economic opportunity is not a grounds for asylum. So what do we do with them? Well, it, it, what we have been doing with them uh, prior to the Trump administration is we turned some of them around. We, we, we either, if they're from Mexico, they return to Mexico. If they're from Central America, we fly them back to Central America. Really? That's not actually what's been happening at all, as you know. You see, because they come in here and they claim asylum, even though they're not supposed to be eligible for asylum. And what happens then? As soon as they cross the border and they're stopped by Border Patrol and they say, oh, I want asylum, you know what happens then? Well, I get into it. I unplay a little bit more. This is important for you to hear because this is the thought process. This is the danger in Washington when people don't take this seriously. I got more. Keep it here. Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Senator Cardin, what happens is they claim asylum, and then they have to wait for their hearing, and so they get their notice of their hearing, and then they just disappear. You're right about that. That's why we should be able to, to uh, that's why I'm for dealing with these determinations before they reach our border, so we don't have the problem of someone at our border claiming asylum. That's why, right. if they're not from Mexico, and I'll be uh, claiming asylum. And now we're back, and it's a circle, it's a complete circle. Uh, Larry O'Connor here sitting in for... The great one, Mark Levin. I do the afternoon show on WMAL in Washington, D.C. right before Mark. And uh, earlier today, I spoke with Senator Ben Cardin. That was Ben Cardin, Democrat. And we're talking about this caravan. And so I first said, you know, what do we do about this? And he said, well, we've got to spend more money to make these countries safer and better so that people won't leave. And I said, OK, well, that we've been doing that and they are leaving. So what do you do when they come to the border? And they said, well, if they claim asylum, then then we got to hear them out. And I said, OK, but economic reasons is not legitimate for asylum. And he said, well, and that's why we want to make sure that we fix the problem in their home country. It's a circle. It's a cyclical argument. They have no answers. And it's a very real problem. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcast.
Broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight, 877-381-3811. I want you to know that a brand new Life, Liberty, and Levin is going to be on this Sunday, Fox News, 10 p.m. Uh, Mark's going to be interviewing uh, Dr. Patrick Michaels of the Cato Institute, real smart guy, uh, all about uh, free market principles, libertarian ideas, small government deregulation. It's going to be great stuff, as always. Also, don't forget that Mark's dad has a brand new book coming out at the end of this month, October 30th. It's called Our Police by Jack Levin. It's a great story about uh, the police, all the different kinds of police that make our society function. Uh, and it is a, a beautiful, the illustrations are great. It's perfect for children and grandchildren. Uh, go ahead and pre-order that copy now at Amazon. 30% off right now, by the way. So you know you're going to get it. So just get a deal on it, right? Uh, it's Our Police by Jack Levin. Uh, uh, Larry O'Connor here. Well, you know, I've I've been talking a lot, as is the uh, the job description here, doing talk radio. Uh, but, uh, but a big part of the talk radio gig is to talk to you. And it's very rare for me to spend a whole half hour like that talking about an issue without getting your feedback. So I would like to hear from you at 877-381-3811. Those of you who have been holding for so darn long, as the lines are absolutely jammed, I appreciate it. And I, and I want to hear from you. So let's start with Pete in Dallas, Texas, where you're kind of ground zero there. Your state is going to be uh, going to be invaded soon. Pete, what do you make of it? Well, you use the right word. Um, I guess caravan would be a word for somebody who doesn't want to put the right word on it. But let's face it, we've got thousands of people marching on our border, uh, carrying flags from their own country, not even carrying American flags to try to show any any kind of support for the country that they're about to invade. By any other definition, I realize there may or may not be weapons involved, but by any other definition, that is a conquest. And uh, I guess what I'd like to ask the liberals out there who think that, you know, that there's some peaceable resolution to this, I want to ask them this. If somebody kicks in your door and says, my family is starving, I'm here to take all of your money and all of your food, what are you going to do? Are you going to call the police or use your own weapon, or are you just going to lay there and let them rob you blind? Because that's exactly what's fixing to happen on a large-scale basis. It is. And listen, it's it's not a conquest because they're not you know overthrowing our government, uh, but but it is an invasion nonetheless. I they're not looking to, to well, I mean, probably by the power of their vote, they're looking to overturn uh, our way of life uh, through the ballot box. But their first intention is to just invade and to uh, take from our country whatever they want, including uh, federal benefits and state benefits. Uh, listen, Pete, I'm with you. There's no there, you described it perfectly when you've got thousands and thousands of people demanding entry into your country and they're waving the flag of their nation. That you're being invaded, and and thank God the president is. It doesn't care what CNN has to say about him. He Absolutely. is going to defend that border. Uh, Pete, thank you. The, the, thank you for the call. The, the problem here is the president doesn't have the support he needs. The, the the there's there are some things the president can do here, but you know, listen. If 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 Republicans do lose this election coming up at the midterms. In many ways, they're going to have themselves to blame in that the one most powerful motivating issue that President Trump rode into office on 
If you could name one thing that Trump stood for, it was enforcing our borders and building a wall to protect our southern border. There's no two ways about it. Listen, I know that there was a lot else going on in this election. Uh, the the uh, antipathy for Hillary Clinton, uh, the you know decades of of her invading our living rooms in a very shrill and unlikable way. Uh, the idea of Trump being the person to name Supreme Court justices versus Hillary Clinton, uh, the promised tax cut, the the rejection of identity politics. There was a lot baked into the cake in the 2016 election, the economy, trade, all those things. But, but set it all aside for a minute. If you asked the man on the street, name me one issue Trump ran on, the vast majority would be building that wall and protecting our border. And Republicans... I understand why in some cases, but Republicans did not follow through for him. They just didn't. And they'll tell you it's because the Democrats stood in the way because of the filibuster. And they'll tell you that it was because of a threat of government shutdown. They'll tell you lots of reasons. It doesn't matter. They've had the majority. And if they wanted to, if they really, really wanted to, they could have pushed for that wall. They could have pushed for jumping on board the president's agenda with regard to immigration. The fact is, too many of them don't want to, either because they're getting their beds feathered by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and other deep-pocketed interest groups who do not want our immigration laws enforced as they're written, or it's because they're terrified that they're going to lose re-election. But here's the thing. They didn't get elected so that they could get reelected. I don't know anybody who votes thinking, yeah, I'm going to put this person in the House of Representatives so that two years from now they can win reelection. I'm going to vote for this senator so six years from now I can vote for them again. Their job is not to keep their job. Their job is to do what the voters expect them to do. And they didn't. They dropped the ball on enforcing our immigration laws and protecting our border. And and if, if they lose, in many respects, it's going to be because of that. Uh, let's go to... Uh, Daryl in Portland, Oregon. You're next up. I'm Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Hey, Daryl. Larry, how you doing? Good. So I've watched I've watched the border over the years. Grew up in uh, Chandler, Arizona, and you know they actually had a fear. They had a fear of consequences that if they snuck across the border for an ag job and they you know pick you know fruit or whatever they did, that if they ever got caught, they were going to get you know tossed out of the country. They've got a, basically everything. They're welcomed more than the citizens. And then you have people standing in line trying to do it the right way. There's no incentive to do it. And if you think walls don't work, tell that to the Israelis. Yeah, exactly. You know, Daryl, it's so funny when you say, you know, I remember when I was younger and people didn't cross the border because they were... Fa- you remember uh, that movie from Cheech Marin, from Cheech and Chong? It was born in East L.A.? You remember that? I do. 
And it was oh, the yeah. parody song. They, they, he did a parody of Born in the USA called Born in East L.A. And, it was, and the entire movie was about him being, well, actually, the irony is his character was not actually illegal. But it was, but it was about him on the run from Border Patrol and from immigration officials who were trying to deport him. Right? If, yeah. oh, if only that really were the case. If, what has changed, for God's sake? That well, was a movie they, in the 80s. You know, in the beginning, it was, uh, oh, I can't think of who, who was in Arizona at the time. I mean, McCain's been there forever. I mean, obviously, he's not no, no longer with us. But uh, it just, they, it slowly, they came in more and more and more. And then they became lighter and lighter on the consequences you know, of, of when you get here, and then now they're actually giving them benefits. Like, hey, we'll take care of you. We'll, yep. You, you want to have, you know, four or five kids? Go ahead. Oh, we're, we're not doing point. enough for them, Daryl. Daryl, thank you for the call. We're not doing enough for these people who are in this country illegally. It's, it's funny. I, I, I always hear from people, well, you know, for those who have been here for many years and they've become part of our society, the ones who are law-abiding, tax-paying, uh, uh, people in this country, uh, that even though they're illegal, we should have a path to citizenship for them. And it sounds great, doesn't it? They've been here. They've been law-abiding. They've been paying their taxes. They shouldn't be deported. We should give them a path to citizenship. Whenever anyone says that to you, could you just follow up for a minute and say, I, I, hold on. I hear this a lot. They're here in the country illegally. They've been here for years. They're law-abiding, and they pay their taxes. And they've got jobs. Can you explain how that's possible? Because if they're in this country illegally for years and years and years, and they've got a job, and they're paying taxes on the money they make from that job, then by definition, they are not law-abiding. Number one, they've broken our law by staying in this country or entering this country illegally. But number two... If they've got a job, that means they have either lied about their documentation or they're using fraudulent documentation. Quite possibly, they're guilty as an accessory to identity theft. So your argument is a complete and total nonsense. If someone has been in this country illegally for years and they have a job and they're paying taxes, they are by definition not law abiding. They are continuously, habitually and on a regular basis breaking the law. And the fact is, one party in this country apparently still cares about keeping our laws enforced. Uh, speaking of East L.A., let's go to Kent. In Los Angeles, well, my my adopted my my first adopted home. Now Washington is my second adopted home. You're listening on the uh, Great Eight Seventy, the Answer KRLA. Uh, uh, Kent, what do you make of this? Hi, um, <clears throat> well, I wanted to tell, talk to people about getting out and vote, and I think that false polls and uh, are can be self fulfilling, and slanders also discourage people from voting. Yeah. And the overall media onslaught has discouraged many conservatives, those on the right, from voting. Mm -hmm. There are only about 7% of the U.S. citizens 18 years age, old and older that voted for President Trump in the primary. 
and about 25% in the general. And so you can see there are a lot of people that aren't voting, and I think actually most of them would vote conservative if they got out and voted. Yeah, Kent, do you think, though, at this point, after what we saw in 2016 and and with the new trends with regard to polling and how, you know, people don't even answer the phone on their cell phone if they don't recognize the number, do you think people still do believe these polls? Do you think that uh, I, I, I think that people just inherently uh, believe that these polls are phony and fraudulent? Uh, they, they, I mean, when was the last time they were accurate? Yeah, well, I think often that's probably the case, but it's it's similar to the slanders that people don't actually believe the slanders, but what they believe is that other people will believe them and they won't get out to vote. So yeah. they, they think that that listen, that, that is definitely the danger. And 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 Kent, thank you for the call out there in LA. Uh I I don't disagree with you. That is a danger. I think, though, that this president, the fact that he's rallying and going out and doing these rallies uh, several times a week between now and election, uh, the fact that the the Kavanaugh hearing, I still believe, resonates. And I do want to believe that that was a motivating factor for people. I think and, and, and back to our topic of the hour, that caravan. I think when people turn on their television and see thousands and thousands of people waving the flags of their country, demanding entry into our nation, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I don't get it. But to me, that is the greatest free advertising for Trump and the Republican Party that we will ever see. Who wants to be on the side of the party who opens up our borders and says, you betcha, come on in, take whatever you want? Because that's what one party's position is. And it certainly ain't the Republicans. I'm Larry O'Connor, and you're listening to The Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. If you're evaluating your candidates and they speak out about this invasion of our southern border... Uh, this caravan, they're calling it. Thousands of Hondurans, Salvadorans, Guatemalans who are dead set uh, on uh, breaching our border and coming into our country. Uh, you say, OK, well, what should we do about this? You're my candidate. You want to be in Congress. What's your plan? What's your idea? What should we do? If they begin by saying, well, uh, first of all, I believe in a comprehensive immigration solution. Stop them mid-sentence if you get the opportunity. Say, yeah, What? See, comprehensive immigration means we're going to throw all of this garbage into one giant bill that everyone has to vote on. And it'll include border protection and it'll include asylum and it'll include amnesty and it'll include path to citizenship and it'll include, you know, the visas to bring in some uh, computer nerd from India and all of these things. And you stop them and say, but, 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 why? why? Why does all of that other stuff why does that need to be part of this solution? This is a very cut-and-dry, standalone problem. There are people from another country who are crossing our border illegally and demanding to stay here. It has nothing to do with path to citizenship for people who are already here. It has nothing to do with visas. It has nothing to do with comprehensive anything. And if you, and if your solution... For these people who are crossing our country illegally and want to stay here and demand to be in our country, if your solution is tied to all these other things that you want voted on and approved, 
then it means you're part of the problem. You're using this to get other things that you want. I am so against the idea of comprehensive anything reform in Congress. I think every individual item should be voted on standalone. Do you want a wall or not? Well, okay, we'll go ahead and fund the wall, but only if you give amnesty for people in the country already. What's one got to do with the other? Tell you what, let's have a vote on the wall, and then we can have your vote on amnesty. Step up. This is not about compromising. This is not about trading horses. This is not about making a deal. Either you're for protecting our border or you're not. You're either for granting amnesty to people who continuously break our laws or you're not. Stop with the bull. Let's go to Curtis, Ocala, Florida. Curtis, you're next up on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, how you doing, bud? Good. What do you say? Uh, well, I, I'm only a high school graduate, but uh, i got to cheer for it all. You shut down the border. You only open it for commerce. Because even truckers got to have the proper paperwork to cross over into the checkpoints. You open up amnesty and checkpoints in the other countries where the illegals who are, I ain't going to say illegals at that point, but people who wish to come in this country would yep. have to be vetted in their own country with the proper documentation through the U.S. It's the same thing as like going to get a passport. Yeah, and guess what, journey. Curtis? Remarkably, you've just quoted what existing American and international laws are. It's remarkable that that's thinking outside the box. I'm Larry O'Connor, Mark Levin Show. Voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. You know, I love these opportunities to sit in for Mark Levin because uh, confession time. Mark Levin Show is my favorite radio show. Uh, I'm Larry O'Connor. I sit in uh, today for Mark Levin, but usually I'm his warm-up act in Washington, D.C. WMAL is uh, in the nation's capital. It's the talk radio station of record in your capital. And uh, I do the, uh, the show right before Mark. Right. For three hours, afternoon drive. Uh, Larry O'Connor, I sit in for him. Then goes Mark Levin. So on my way home, I listen to Mark. Here's the thing. I can't listen to anyone else. I'm, I'm too afraid that, I, that they might plant an idea that I will inadvertently take or, or you know, purposely take. Uh, and, and, and also, it's funny when you get into the business, it's harder to listen to talk radio because, you know, you sort of know what goes on. It's like how filmmakers look at movies. They don't look at movies the same way you and I look at movies because they're looking at how it's been put together. It's sort of that way for me with talk radio now. But see, with Mark, first of all, he's incredible. I love his show. It's very different than my usual show, actually. Um, and, and, and frankly, because he's on immediately after my show, uh, you know, I, I'm going to. But these days, the news cycle, the stories, what's important, what's happening now, it changes five times before I'm on the air again, 21 hours later. So I can listen to Mark, and I love listening to Mark, uh, and, and I have no fear of, you know, uh, taking any of his, his ideas or his lines or his takes, because by the time I'm on the air, it's all new. It's all different. 
Uh, so I love this opportunity to be able to sit in for him, and I'm so honored to be able to do it. And a, a, a huge thank you, as always, to Mark uh, and to Richard and Rich and uh, and Stephen and everybody uh, back there at the Mothership who's who's helping out here. Um, but much more to talk about here, and I do want to continue to take your calls on this caravan and what's happening uh, south of the border. And the fact that it is coordinated and it is planned and it is organized, if I may use the word organized, because, you know, organized is sort of a uh, a modification of the term organizer, or if I may, community organizer. You see, our nation had a community organizer in chief. And what we're seeing here, this is what community organizing looks like. The, the the demonstrations, the mobs, the the screaming, the disruptions, the uh, Black Lives Matter, the uh, disruptions of the United States Senate, the marches in the streets, the stopping of traffic. This is all community organizing. And, and I guess we should be used to it by now. Is this really how we want decisions made in this country based on the screaming in the streets? based on thousands of people demanding entry to our country. So we're so we're now going to change our immigration laws and accommodate these people. We're now going to make laws in the United States of America because thousands of people from another country charge across our border and demand it. I, maybe we will have a red wave. <laughs> you know, honestly, maybe maybe if if this is really their plan, if they really think this is helping, may, maybe we'll actually grow our majority in the House. The Republicans will, because this is this is the greatest thing I think that could happen to Republicans if they stay the course and if they follow the lead of the president who has been, you know, you may disagree with his tweets. You may disagree with the language he uses. You may think that he steps on his own message sometimes. You, you Listen, and, and guess what? I would agree with you on, a, on most of that. But on the policy, on the actual things that this president has been able to achieve, I don't know how a conservative Republican, on the whole, could have an argument for what this president has been able to do with the judiciary, with nominations to the courts, with taxes, with military spending, with foreign policy, even trade. I'm not a huge fan of his rhetoric on trade, but so far the threat of tariffs seem to have gotten results. Uh, and, And as far as I'm concerned, load up the tariffs against China. They are not our friend. They are certainly not our economic friend. So if Republicans could actually follow his lead on this and and, and finally jump on board with regard to enforcing our immigration laws and drawing a very, very firm line in the stand, you know, a line in the sand backed up with concrete, rebar, uh, steel, pretty high, maybe barbed wire on the top, maybe some drones patrolling where you can't build a concrete rebar steel line in the sand you know follow through on that you'd be amazed you'd be amazed at how things will go uh we'll continue the calls in a moment i want to circle back to an issue you know my friend uh, dan bongino often sits in this chair as well Uh, and i've known dan since i first actually before i even came to washington and he's been so great on this uh issue with spygate and with the fbi and the oars and 
uh, all that jazz. And I've been doing quite a bit on that story as well. Uh, I recently, this week, got to interview Carter Page. Now, Carter Page is the central figure of the uh, Spygate scandal, right? Uh, and and uh, he hasn't done a whole lot of media, but I was able to have uh, quite an extensive conversation. He's in the news this week, and I don't know if you saw this, but Carter Page has filed a defamation lawsuit against the Democratic National Committee and against uh, Perkins Coie, which is a, a high-powered D.C. law firm that represented the DNC and, by extension, the Hillary Clinton campaign. You know in a presidential campaign, when a person gets the nomination for a party, they are the de facto head of that party. They, and especially, I implore you, read Donna Brazil's book. It's called Hacked. And it's a double entendre. It's partly about the Russian thing, but it's also about what happened, her experience taking over the DNC after Debbie Wasserman Schultz. It was a mess. It was a complete mess. And she she tells a lot of truths in this book about how awful Debbie Wasserman Schultz was and how terrible the Hillary Clinton campaign was to her personally and to the DNC. How the Hillary Clinton campaign absolutely ran roughshod over them, uh, built them for whatever money that was coming in. And they were in charge of all of it. All right. So so when you hear that the DNC hired a firm through a lawyer to create Fusion GPS, to, to create the Russian dossier that apparently, you know, slimed Carter Page, uh, that really means the Hillary Clinton campaign because they called the shots. So now Carter Page this week fired a def- filed a defamation lawsuit against them, against the DNC and against uh, Perkins Coie. Now, why did he go after those two? I think it's because they have deep pockets, frankly. <laughs> That's where the money is. And, and, and had it not been for those two entities, there wouldn't have been a Russian dossier. There wouldn't have been stories saying that Carter Page is an agent of the Russian government. There wouldn't have been a, uh, a FISA warrant petitioned for and approved uh, to the FBI, petitioned for by the FBI and approved through the FISA courts for them to surveil him, to look into every little orifice of his electronic footprint via email, text messages, phone calls, and the people who associate with him. For over a year, they kept getting this uh, incredibly intrusive spy warrant that that without a FISA warrant, it is against the law for a federal agency to spy on an American citizen. The only way they can do it is through a FISA warrant. And there's supposed to be a very high bar to get a FISA warrant. And to get this FISA warrant, they had to use the the Russian dossier that claims Carter Page was an In fact, if you look at the applications for the warrant, for the FISA warrant, the FBI said, we believe Carter Page is an agent of the Russian government. It's right there in black and white. And we believe that he was working on behalf of the Russian government to alter American foreign policy through his meddling in the presidential campaign of the 2016 on behalf of Donald Trump. That's what they said. That's what they claimed. That's what they maintained under oath to the court. So Carter Page filed a defamation lawsuit this week, suing the DNC and Perkins Coie, this law firm, for defamation. Now, think about this for a minute. Carter Page is either an agent of the Russian government and basically participated in uh, subversive, if not outright treasonous acts against our nation during the 2016 presidential election. Or he is an innocent American citizen who has been slimed and slandered and defamed and used as a tool for political purposes not just by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign, but ultimately by the Justice Department and the Obama administration. 
he's got to be one or the other. Right? There's no in-between here. There's no if, and, or certainly no but. I mean, if there was a but in here, it would be of Kardashian proportions. Carter Page is either a stool, uh, a, 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 uh, sorry, a stooge of the Putin Kremlin, or he is completely innocent. And, and you know, I don't know if you know a lot about Carter Page. Like I said, he hasn't done a lot of uh, media. He's a Naval Academy graduate. He was a Navy officer, as all Naval Academy graduates are, unless they're, you know, pro athletes. He was in intelligence in the Navy. And an, an officer in the intelligence division, which, you know, usually you've got some hurdles that you have to cross to get into military intelligence in the United States Navy as an officer. Um, and after serving his time, well beyond his obligated time as an officer, after he got his Naval Academy education, he uh, then went into private business and did went into the energy sector. He got his doctorate, by the way. He is a doc- You ever notice that? Well, you can't say Christine Blasey Ford's name without saying Dr. Ford. But when was the last time they said Dr. Carter Page? He's a doctor. He got his doctorate. And he did do dealings with energy sectors out of Russia. Now, you can argue with that if you want, but understand most of his dealings were in the halcyon days when Hillary Clinton had a reset button, when Bill Clinton was uh, pulling down six figures for giving a speech in Moscow. And when uh, Barack Obama was promising his counterpart there that he'd have more flexibility after he got rid of this uh, this Mitt Romney guy and won re-election. So it was a different time. It was a different era. It was okay to do business with Moscow. Now, he still thinks it's a good idea to do business with Moscow. He actually doesn't think the Putin government is as bad as everyone says. Guess what? That's not illegal. He he can do that. In fact, it's not illegal for a business to do business with Moscow as right now, as we speak. There are no sanctions in, in, a, in a huge way against that government. There are individual sanctions against individuals, but businesses can still do, but we, we still do business with Moscow. You may disagree, but guess what? He has the right to do that. That doesn't make him a spy. It doesn't make him a Russian agent. Now, he could be. Don't m- misunderstand my point here. Carter Page could very well be an agent of the Russian government, as the FBI maintained, based on the Russian dossier paid for by the DNC and this law firm that Carter Page is now suing. But ask yourself something. As you evaluate this story, as you use your cognitive skills, your reasoning, the brain that the good Lord gave you, as you evaluate this story that is presented to you, that the FBI and the Obama administration said Carter Page was an agent of the Russian government and has been for years and worked on behalf of the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin to collude with Donald Trump to meddle in the 2016 presidential election. As they say that, understand two facts. Number one, to this day, no one has charged Carter Page with anything. Not James Comey, not Loretta Lynch, not Jeff Sessions, not Rob Rosenstein. No one at the federal level, no one at the local level, no one at the state level. Carter Page has not been charged with a crime of any kind. And they have surveilled every inch of his life for almost two years. They've got everything on him. No charges, number one. So so think about that for a minute. And then think about this. If you're Carter Page and you are an agent of the Russian government, and you did commit near treasonous acts by colluding with the Trump campaign and uh, Vladimir Putin's Kremlin 
to alter our presidential election in 2016. If if that were true, why would you file a lawsuit? Why would you file a defamation lawsuit against the DNC? Because you see, the perfect defense, the, the DNC can defend themselves and get out of this lawsuit with one very simple strategy. It's only defamation if it isn't true. So all they've got to do is prove that Carter Page is, in fact, an agent of the Russian government. And if you're Carter Page, why would you invite that? Why would you open yourself up to discovery? Why would you open yourself up to a full court, well-funded, and you know there's going to be a lot of money funding their defense, a well-funded investigation into you if you truly are an agent of the Russian government. Why would you do that? Would you do that? Now, again, he could be an agent of the Russian government, Carter Page. And James Comey and Peter Strzok and Andrew McCabe and Loretta Lynch and, and the whole team over there during the Obama administration who ordered this investigation, this unprecedented spying on an American citizen who was connected with a presidential campaign during a presidential election. And then, oh, so much of it got leaked to the press. Shocking how much of it got leaked to the press. They it could all be true. And they're with the angels right now and how pure they acted and behaved. And they they were just defending our nation against a foreign attack, a former a foreign cyber attack from Russia with their with their agent, Carter Page. That that could all be true. I don't know. But I'm using my brain. I'm thinking it through logically. And I'm thinking if it were true, I'm thinking the last thing that I'd do if I were Carter Page is what he did this week. Right. Now, one last thing. If it were true, think about it for a minute. The last person who wants this to be discovered is not even Carter Page. It's Vladimir Putin. So so since you're still using that brain, I want you to think about something. What has happened to people historically who have gone against the wishes of Vladimir Putin? Do you think if if he is a spy for Vladimir Putin, you think Putin wants this out there? So either Carter Page is a spy and he's going to end up with a bullet in his head. Or he could very well be assisting in exposing the biggest political scandal in American history. Just food for thought. I'm Larry O'Connor. It's the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. I only have about a minute left, but Joe listening in Philly on the great WPHT wanted to get to you because your morning man, Chris DeGaul, is literally my best friend in the world. He was the best man at my wedding. Love your morning show. Uh, What do you say, Joe? Tell me who your friends are. I'll tell you who you are, Larry. (laughs) I'll own that. You know, I, I may be oversimplifying this, but I equate this with something as simple as what do you think some, like, Cory Booker or, uh, um, Chuck Schumer would do if they were sitting in a supermarket checkout line and people kept butting in front of them. You don't think they'd create a stink? 
Um, and, and that's why I look at this illegal immigration thing. People are yep. butting in line. Joe, and- it's a great point. It's logical. It resonates. It should be an ad playing in every district, and I doubt the Republicans are smart enough to do it. I'm Larry O'Connor. Don't forget Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, a brand new episode. It's the Mark Levin Show.